Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andre Cassetta! Yay! Yay! And we're back for part two of Witchcraft! Burn them all. Oh god. Holy shit. <laughs> that was way out of left field. <laughs> Actually, it's not. This whole episode, is uh, Andrea just calls for the... She wants to bring back witch hunts. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, no, it's a great episode. I had a really fun time recording it with y'all. And uh, before we get into it, we've got some news and reviews. Uh, first of all, our news, not so much news as much as it is old. We have a Patreon now. Yay, girl. Yeah, our Patreon is at patreon.com slash podcast, And for just $5 a month, you gain access to a bunch of bonus content. Uh, we've been fucking having a blast with it. We just did Roanoke with Todd from Horror Virgin. And we've got some pretty fun shit lined up. So uh, that's just $5 a month and you get a shout out on the show. But check out our other tiers because you can get a bunch of dope shit. Uh, Next up, we have a five-star review. (laughs) This one comes to us from Stash Dollar Sign. And they say, this is the only cult podcast you need. I love me some cults. Before finding cult podcasts, I thought my need for an easy way to hear useless information about random cults would never be fulfilled. <laughs> Until I found this podcast, baby! <laughs> I've been listening to the podcast for the past three months nonstop, starting at episode one. Sorry, Paige and Marie, I skipped the bad sound quality ones. Understandable. Although there's some real good ones in there. There are. And I'm almost caught up, and I'm dreading the day that I'll only be able to listen to you guys once a week. I've learned more from Paige, Andrea, and Armando than I did in high school. Oh, no! I mean, to be fair, I learned more on this podcast than I did in some high school classes. Same. Uh, I was putting the emphasis in high on high school, so... Ah. Yeah. Mm. Love you guys. Keep on bringing that cult knowledge. P.S. Please do a live show in ATL. I, I would love to go to Atlanta. I would also love to go. Uh, this is good news for you guys. I'm proud to announce that Cult Podcast has been added to Freaknik. They're bringing it back. And uh, Freaknik is the legendary hip-hop festival that <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was like, they do podcasts? No. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into the show, baby. Hello. 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 Thank Jesus for the dome. <laughs> For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Gazetta. Yay! Yay! And it's Witchcraft Week 2. Yes. Bow, 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 bow. Hello, it's my week again. We are doing another episode on witchcraft. Uh, I spent a good amount of time researching for this episode. And I've got to say, this is one of the funnest episodes to put together. From Just from the fucking start to the finish, it's fun. His hair isn't even that upsetting. So I know. He had fun researching, had fun. actually. Yeah. I was going to ask how many animals are in the river in this episode. <laughs> I don't. The thing is, is, okay, so I had to 
write this one and the other one at the same time and i forget which one has it but there's there's more river oh baby (laughs) the river come back the river overfloweth with dead shit um old man river it's full of wolves and the witches who failed all their tests yeah like calculus or like what (laughs) i feel my calculus test and so an eagle put me in the river but then a wolf saved me (laughs) i nailed astrology though so you know uh the thing I love about doing this episode that I didn't do the first time is I got super high. <laughs> and then I just read a bunch about witchcraft. And whenever I smoke weed, it makes me super curious. And I just started digging down these rabbit holes. And baby, I'm in love. Uh, so I think we're going to just hop into it. You guys Are ready? Are you just going to become a witch after this? Maybe. Is this the cult that you're going to join? I think so. I'm... <laughs> I am currently wearing a uh, Kubrick Moon Landing crew, film crew t-shirt. It's such a great shirt. Yeah. Shouts out to uh, Discount Cemetery for uh, getting me this shirt. It's fucking dope. I love it. Also, thank Jesus for the for the dome. Thank Jesus for the dome. <laughs> so, getting into it, our sources for this week are the book Malleus Maleficarum. Yes! Down, 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 down. Right off the fucking bat with Metal this shit. Metal as hell! An account of the Valais witch trials by Johannes Frund, because we've got some goddamn Nordics in here. You've got a Frund in me. <laughs> a Frund. <laughs> the article Before Salem by Christopher Klein, and the book The Witch Hunts in Europe and North America by Robert Thurston. Now, really quick, Robert Thurston is a historian and professor at Miami University in Ohio. What? And Oh, yeah. There's a Miami, Ohio. It's very confusing. I dated at least two or three people from Ohio and was corrected many times. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the biggest bait and switch in the history of America. That's not true. But um, there's been, as <laughs> we're going to cover Paris, Tennessee, probably more. <laughs> of a switch. I don't know. Have you been to Paris, California? <laughs> I forget we have one. So he lives in Miami University. Well, he doesn't live there, I guess. But he lives in Miami, Ohio, where he's a professor at Miami University. And most famously, he wrote about the history of Russia and the Soviet Union. However, most of his recent publications have been entirely coffee-based. What? uh, Including the book From Bean to Barista. And who could forget coffee, the bean, the beverage, the industry. So coffee is a fascinating product. And at my old job, we had to constantly learn all kinds of shit about coffee because it was one of our best sellers as far as like coffee machines. Mm -hmm. Uh, And coffee has a very unique and interesting history, both in the Americas and also in pre-American times. His book has nothing to do with that and is entirely about how he went from being a professor at Miami University to opening up his own coffee brand. How's that going for him? Uh, Well, he wrote three books about it (laughs) and I've never heard of his coffee. (laughs) Um, Send us some. (laughs) So when we left off last week, the church was still being relatively chill about this whole witchcraft thing for centuries their official policy was it did not exist and that wasting time worrying about it was both extremely dangerous and extremely stupid but despite the laws against witch hunts things were starting to change in particular thanks to the writings of saint thomas aquinas 
who we covered last week, the general population started believing that people with supernatural powers were real and that it was the result of making some sort of deal with Satan. I do love that they call them supernatural powers because it is just one word away from superpowers. <laughs> well, yeah, my, my first thought was like, so the Avengers? <laughs> yeah. But also, anytime I hear the word supernatural, I think of that TV show. Oh, so. the TV show Supernatural? It's, it's, it's legit for a, a cw original it's pretty good i do speaking of cw originals what if uh what what's that show smallville yeah what if it just took place in the old days and it was just like what do you say clarkus kentington <laughs> <laughs> i think he's a witch <laughs> i don't have supernatural powers <laughs> not at all although really quick begs the question is superman a witch I feel like you could argue, yeah. Yeah, right? I think he'd be... The only thing setting him apart is he's the first witch to have an aversion to crystals. Very true. Absolutely true. Uh, I would also say that their Henry Cavill version of Superman is definitely witch because he's casting spells on my loins. (laughs) (laughs) He's a witch. He's created a river. A river. (laughs) In my living room, and I'm out of batteries. Um... (laughs) I mean, he spends a lot of time both shirtless and pantsless on the tutors. So, ironically, you know. never the both at the same time. That's like, uh, you gotta, uh, there's a handful. You gotta, there's more than a handful. <laughs> I have You're seen like the tutors. Fucking with your shirt on or shirtless getting dressed or undressed. There's there's a lot of dudes on that show that have the, like the flowy old timey shirt with just the butt cheeks sti- sticking out below, like ye old Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the other contributor to the rise in the belief of witchcraft was the fact that we, at this point, are smack dab in the Inquisition. Uh, For those that need a historical refresher, because I definitely did, uh, the Inquisition was a powerful office within the Catholic Church set up to root out and punish heresy. Pretty simple. If you weren't promoting the ideals of the Catholic Church, they were going to try and find you and fuck you up. It's ye old cancel culture. Exactly. Opposite shit. Exactly. Uh, So you've got two new culture shifts on the rise at about the same time. One is about blaming all your shortcomings on an evil and definitely made up enemy. And the other is the idea that you can seek out and destroy anything that threatens your way of life. Pretty bad things to happen concurrently. And this attitude on witchcraft and pagan beliefs or quote unquote pagan beliefs spread across Europe, including to Valais in modern day Switzerland. In the summer of 1428, Valais was ripe with accusations of witchcraft, and by August, it was so bad that some authorities had issued a formal proclamation of the necessity of witch trials. Hey guys, what if what if we hurt that lady that called me bald and fat and wished evil on me and put newts in that cauldron? Should we listen to that guy? No, that's just Clark proclamatus. <laughs> Always proclaiming shit. <laughs> According to the proclamation, the public talk or slander of three or four of your neighbors was enough to get you arrested. Oh, no. This is bad. Even if you were of nobility. Oh, Oh, no. And the use of torture was approved if you were accused of more than four of your neighbors or by three other accused witches. Oh, shit. Imagine, okay, put this into perspective today. Let's call nobility celebrities. Mm -hmm. 
could you find four different people that believe a bullshit rumor about someone? A hundred percent. Ted Cruz would be executed for being the Zodiac killer. (laughs) Instantly. And second thought, maybe we should bring this back. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I do think that this is uh, the time where they coined the popular phrase, keep my name out your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, put some respect on my name. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't say my name. Don't say my name. (laughs) Keep it. Uh, the amount of people that believe that Richard Gere put a gerbil in his butt is more than four. What? Yeah. What, what they don't tell you is that was part of a powerful uh, ritual. Yeah. So the story goes in uh, Valais, according to the authorities, you know, the people in charge of rounding up people, that a pack of witches were committing murder, cannibalism, and sorcery in the name of Satan. This is always my question. Do you think there was, was just a serial killer operating at the same time or I feel like we see a lot of these accusations with no bodies. I don't think there was any murder. Yeah. Like where they're like, they're murdering and killing people. Okay. Who did they kill? Uh, Exactly. My uh, girlfriend who lives in Canada, you don't know her, (laughs) but she's dead now. So you never married in a different graveyard. You know, know, she goes to a different school, not a witch school. Definitely not Hogwarts. They were saying that the Dark Lord would appear to the witches as either a black bear or a black ram. Uh, And they also claimed that you could tell who was a witch because they would skip holy mass and confession, (gasps) which really hammers home the importance of that Inquisition lifestyle. If you can pin it to heresy, everyone will be willing to help you prosecute. That's really what they wanted. They wanted to root out heretics and actually not witches. They said a bunch of times officially, they were like, we're not here for witches. We just want people who don't believe in the same exact thing that we believe in. Okay, we're not crazy. Or people that sleep in and don't like talking about their problems with other people. (laughs) So they keep missing our morning masses and don't go to confession. Yeah, exactly. Well, at this time, too, tithe, I'm pretty sure, is still... And indulgences. And indulgences. So it's like, in many ways, Christianity at this time was operating in very culty ways. Where they're like, if you don't believe what we believe, we will kill you. Like It's a business. Yeah, it's it's 100% a business at this point. But there were other ways that you could tell if somebody was a witch, too. Because the reason that people became witches were for those supernatural powers. And those powers included the ability to fly. I'm in. (laughs) But not in the way that you might think. Oh, well, shit. In Switzerland, witches flew in chairs. Sounds comfortable, (laughs) honestly. Sorry, I just pictured it. It's just like zooming through the sky. In a chair. Comfortably sitting. Lumbar support, motherfuckers! <laughs> and then he just flies I'm, through town. I'm pictured with the classic, <laughs> just like in a chair. Oh god, she's evil and ergonomic. No! <laughs> imagine, imagine the Wizard of Oz if the tornado picked the, her up and she was just in a chair, like I'm coming to get you, Dorothy, as soon as I land and then stand up and get a speed going. Well, it gets even stupider. <laughs> 
because they need it. Of course, when I when when we say that flying with a chair is stupid, they knew that people were going to think it was stupid, so they had to come up with a logical explanation for how a chair could fly. Yeah. And what they did was they made official records that allude to the practice of applying a salve to the chair and then using it to ride wherever you want. So essentially, they just made a super slippery chair. <laughs> I lubed up this chair and I'm ready to go. <laughs> I just watched the tutors. <laughs> my chair is so slippery. I create my own salve. Thank you, Mr. Cavill. Yeah, this, this, this is all ridiculous and I love it. Oh my God. I, I feel like we should replace all representations of witches and put them in chairs instead of on brooms. Dude, it's so fucking kick ass. A broom would hurt after like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chair, love it. I Perfect. would pick a lazy boy. Relaxing. You've got all the leg room you want. Yeah. It's, it's first be- class. It's better than flying Delta. 100 that's actually true yeah <laughs> no one's in front of you falling asleep in your face <laughs> the movie's always a space movie though because it's just the night sky uh the officials also stated that witches gathered for what they called a witch sabbath where they would sneak into people's cellars and drink- steal their chairs <laughs> <laughs> they would steal all of your chairs <laughs> hey hey babe did you did you watch a Henry Cavill movie down here? <laughs> My chairs are slippery as shit. Sorry, I'll wear pants next time. <laughs> That's actually not allowed. You can't wear pants because you're a woman at this time. That's, That's also oh, hairy. Yeah. I'll add 72 more skirts. <laughs> they would sneak into people's cellars and then they would drink all of your wine. <laughs> And then they would listen to the devil give essentially the dopest TED talk. <laughs> and then they would have a mock confession where they would confess any good deeds that they might have done that week. I just want to say, bring in basement wine back. I'm really excited about it. Fuck both of you. The basement wine is in and it's four witches. I feel like I feel like Andrea might be a witch, you guys. She, she has a chair. She has basement wine. Her chair has wheels, which is the ultimate slippery chair. <laughs> this is true. Are these events BYOC? Bring your own chair? Well, well, that makes it easier to gather in the forest if you already have seating arranged. Yeah, that's true. Cause, it makes perfect you know, sense. That's always, whenever you have a bunch of family, you're like, where's everybody going to sit? Right? The devil wants you to be comfortable, at least. <laughs> well, first of all, just to set this aside, it wasn't basement wine. It was cellar wine because it was a wine cellar. So that's yeah, where they like, stored the wine. Cellars are the basements of Europe. Yeah. That's fair. I don't know if they made it in the cellar, but I will attest that, you yes, should, basement it's dark. That's Yeah, the you whole have thing. to make it in a dark space. That's it, the whole point. It does make it better to me that to think that they were drinking basement wine. It's also where they would store pumpkins because pumpkins keep for long periods of time. I've been watching a lot of Good Eats. I'm sorry. Huh. Mm-hmm. But all in all, this sounds like just a pretty fucking chill hang, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like if I had to get up there and just tell people the good shit I did, that'd be boring. Well, you're also learning superpowers from the Dark Lord Satan himself and drinking a bunch of fucking wine. <laughs> it's just Satan showing the tutors. <laughs> get your chair, Slippery. Yeah, but like how much were these women just getting fucking drunk off basement wine and then just like this goat has some great ideas. <laughs> well, <laughs> this goat has some great ideas. 
I know he ate a chair earlier, but that's a power in and of itself. Now he's flying. <laughs> that this could be the basement wine talking, but it looks like that goat in that chair is flying. Well, jokes aside, the trials in Valais were fucking awful. By only the second year in, one account wrote that 700 people had been accused and over 200 of them had been burned alive. And the trials would continue for another six to eight years. Jesus. They finally ended sometime between 1434 and 1436. What's like the final body count then? They have no way of knowing. Sometimes entire towns could be just burned to the ground. Uh, The Valais trials were the first ever recorded instance of a systematic witch hunt. Before, witchcraft was like on a case-by-case basis, where you'd be like, Oh, my son's sick, and that guy's a real asshole, so I think he poisoned him. I saw Goody Proctor dancing with the devil in the forest. (laughs) We better investigate. I know Goody Proctor has chairs. (laughs) But this is where you see the start of treating witches like cockroaches. Basically, if you see one, then there's got to be a lot more hiding nearby. Just like chairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can rent one, they've got to have, have 400. More. Yeah. These ones fold the healing, the <laughs> evil, evil. Interestingly enough, records of the accused in this situation say that two thirds of the accused were men and only one third were women. Interesting. Yeah. At this point in time, witches are mostly seen as men, although it's not for empowerment reasons, just because. Kind of the prevailing theory was like, if you're going to do witchcraft, which is some like extra shit, you got to have a strong man brain for it. Plus, you got to stir that cauldron with your penis. Exactly. (laughs) That's how you do it. That's when they say eye of newt. That's the eye (laughs) and the penis is the newt. It's that like Shakespearean flowery language. Stop laughing, guys. The cauldron's just cold right now. It's not. (laughs) Just give me a. It's not the size of the spoon. It's the motion of the stirring. Why is your stir stack covered in boils? It's from the cauldron. (laughs) Spoiler alert, Sally down at the brothel is the cauldron. (laughs) Also a witch. But yeah, so at this point, you still see people hating women. And what's funny is that the the side of women not being witches is they still use misogyny to defend it. It's like women can't be witches. They're far too stupid to do it. (laughs) And we'll kind of see why that shifts uh, later on in this episode. So what year is this that they have this view kind of this, uh, the Valais witch trials ended between 1434 and 1436. Okay. So this is still before Columbus even sailed to America. I believe so. Yes. Well, or yeah, the West Indies, but yes, Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. This is also one of the key points in the history of the church's adoption of the witches are real school of thought. The trials happened right about the time of uh, the Council of Basel's founding, which councils, by the way, I don't know if you guys know, I super did not know what a council was in terms of like a church, but it's the place that theologians and inquisitors would basically hang out and uh, just kind of figure out what was and wasn't approved by the church they would basically take scripture read it over and interpret it for modern times and this is where people were mainly talking about the stories of the witch trials in Valais. 
and that most likely implemented some witch phobic thinking among those that attended that would later go on to run their own offices of the inquisition and become powerful clergymen within the church and then some of them would even go on to become comptrollers or <laughs> school unification division people i'm just thinking of city councils and then this shit spread like wildfire as the Inquisition continued to pop up throughout all of Europe. Basically, like we have CSI Miami, they had Inquisition España, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and by 1458, several inquisitors and other clergymen were all making formal written documents calling for the need to hunt for witches. Quick question. If someone is a witch, does all of their property and money go to the church then? Great question, Andrea. Because this is a thing that happens particularly in England when the churches shift. Mm -hmm. And also during the Inquisition, if you're found of heresy, a lot of times that meant that the church could seize your property. Yeah. Which is a lot of times why nobility would be accused. essentially accused. So yeah. they could steal mm -hmm. their stuff. So what's happening here is because the Inquisition is not uh, actually backing witch hunts, it's not a part of the uh, Inquisition. And as you'll remember, the actual law of the land is if you kill a witch, you will be killed. So no one wants to draw attention to it necessarily. Exactly. Oh, okay. So there is there is really no protocol. And again, it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis because at this point, witchcraft is very broad in terms of definition there there isn't a set down like rule book or manual or um set of rules for what to do in the event of a witch hunt enter heinrich kramer uh who did some pretty heinous shit which is ironic because years later another kramer would say some pretty upsetting shit <laughs> yeah mm-hmm in 1484, Heinrich Kramer, a German clergyman, tried to be the first person in his area to prosecute a witch. Unfortunately for him, but fortunately for everyone else, he was super not good at it, and he failed to even get the locals on board. <laughs> in fact, he was kicked out of town by the local bishop for being, quote, senile and crazy. <laughs> yes. So Stay away from the witches, old man. <laughs> so he wrote a letter to his boss and asked for backup. And living up to the irony of his name, Pope Innocent VIII issued a bull deputizing Heinrich as an inquisitor and declaring open season on witches in Germany. This is like if Paul Blart Mall Cop became <laughs> a real cop overnight. <laughs> this is like if Paul Blart Mall Cop said, don't skateboard here, and the skateboarder said, free country, and then Paul Blart Mall Cop came back and said, I got a letter from the President of the United States. <laughs> and I will murder you. Yeah. The Pope Innocent did not give a shit about Heinrich Kramer. It was just kind of this thing of like he had permission to do what he was supposed to do, even though it was wrong. And so the fact that somebody told him no made ipso facto you're telling the church no. So the letter was more of a political move to be like, you let my people do whatever the fuck it is they're going to do. Yeah. Because we're the goddamn church. After that, he set up shop as an inquisitor in the town of Innsbruck with the stated intention of bringing witches to justice. And he was not very well liked when he showed up. In fact, right as he showed up in town, a woman named Helena Schubrin spit in his face 
and yelled, Fie on you, you bad monk, may the falling evil take you. Which, if you're looking for a modern translation, it's roughly, Fuck you, you fake-ass bitch, I hope you die in your sleep. Fuck you and the click you claim. (laughs) It's a little aggressive, but it also kind of represented what most people thought of Heinrich Kramer at the time. I bite my thumb at these, sir. (laughs) And pretty soon after that, Heinrich accused Helena of being a witch. No, really? On the basis that she, as witches are wont to do, purposefully skipped his holy mass and sermons. Is it because he's a dickhead and she doesn't like him? Yeah. 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 In fact, whenever she did show up, she usually just went up to him and yelled at him for being an evil man in league with the devil. I love it. She sounds like a class act. I feel like she'd be my friend. Yeah. And here's the thing. Helena was not a witch. Pretty obviously. Uh, She just really didn't like this dude. And she was just one of the only ones to be vocal about it. Apparently, this was pretty par for the course when it come when it came to old helena her husband was a prosperous burger which sounds like a really expensive artisan take on a burger but it really just means you were well off i've been to umami burger (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a burger but it's like quail eggs dipped in gold and shit (laughs) i did one time have an alton brown breakfast burger that had candied bacon lardons in the actual burger and candied bacon really quick lardon sounds like what you get when you watch too much food porn (laughs) lardon is definitely something that's been yelled at me in a roast battle (laughs) um Helena was known for being an independent woman who wasn't afraid to speak her mind. And during her trial, Heinrich focused almost entirely on Helena's sexuality because apparently her and her husband were quite well known to be fucking all the time. Nice. Oh, don't get down on her for that shit. She's just, she's technically is doing what God said to do in a marriage. Yeah. Don't get down on her for anything. Her husband be doing that. Yeah, that's his job. Yeah, they seem to. Okay, by all accounts, what I found is that they were two people that were extremely in love with each other and just wanted to fuck all the time. That sounds great. They were rich as hell and they were super cool with the community. And she was loud as fuck when things be not right. Yeah, exactly. It became apparent to everyone that was watching that Helena was just being Helena and that Heinrich was just the jealous prototype for the incel community. So the townsfolk, the local bishop, and eventually even Heinrich Kramer's direct supervisor ordered him to stop the trial, and he was, for the second time, kicked out of a town. <laughs> That's, I'm going to talk to your manager. <laughs> he was forced to return to the city of Cologne, which is a hometown to many a douchebag, and... <laughs> In true incel fashion, he took out his grievances by writing some hateful and heavily misogynistic shit with the intention of posting it everywhere he could. And that writing became the infamous witch trial manual, Malleus Maleficarum. The Hammer of Witches! His book, that is the... uh, That's the the translation. His book opens up with the bull from Pope Innocent VIII, which gave him, in very clear writing, from the head of the church, authority to investigate and prosecute witches. So immediately, if you're just like some person that's just not involved with his little slice of the world, you see that like 
the head of the fucking church is putting his seal of approval on it. It was, it's like the old version of Oprah's book club sticker. It was like, read it. The church approves. But in actuality, it's, it's the Pope just being like, yeah, do whatever. I don't have time for exactly. this shit. It well, was really just a memo being like, do I really have to fucking tell you to do your fucking job, dude? Yeah. The other thing too is like the Pope is thousands of miles away. If he's doing some shit, he might not know about it for years. Yeah, yeah. literal years. There's a pretty good chance that he may have just like signed off on something and too. didn't read it. Exactly. Yeah. Like how you when you read your phone agreement. Oh yeah, like anytime I have to sign the iTunes agreement. Yeah, that's what the Pope did. I said which- he could hunt. Which I was just trying to download the Tudors. The- <laughs> <laughs> They're on Netflix. You don't need to. The book itself contains a lot of ideas that changed the public's view on witchcraft and witches. First, it completely elaborated on the way that somebody became a witch. So instead of the pagan, quote-unquote, belief that rituals and tributes could make demons do your bidding, witches became known as puppets of Satan. And in case you're wondering, yes, Puppets of Satan is the name of a black metal album. <laughs> nice. It was released in 2005... <laughs> by a French band called the Bubonic Christians. <laughs> and it in- a terrible name. It included a song called Let Me Piss on Your Greystone. Oh. Oh. Puppets of Satan is like, that's what I would call Jeff Dunham's next album. Exactly. Like, he's missing out by not putting out like a heavy metal <laughs> comedy album with puppets so according to the book to become a witch you had to follow six steps you had to make a pact with the devil you had to have sex with the devil you had to master the art of flying you had to go to an orgy hosted by satan noise then you had to do some magic and then you had to kill a couple babies all in all just a really cool saturday night just like really chill just like nothing bad with that there wasn't a single thing bad that i said in there <laughs> and you had to drink water while the puppet talked so you're like throwing your voice <laughs> it's really tough also who hands out the invites to the orgies for satan i think satan was what it was uh <laughs> There's knock knock. Hey, so a couple friends and I are getting together. It's like real chill, real casual. You know, Satan, we're just I told you not out. to come to my house. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like because <laughs> he's a goat. Uh, this is also. I mean, this is really the first time that you kind of see that like over sexualization of becoming a witch where like before you might use some stuff uh to like allude to fertility but this one is straight up two of the rules are you gotta fuck the devil and one at a party like hey yo it's me satan we're having an orgy down at the benihana just show up if you want to put your keys in this basket (laughs) i do like that the one-on-one sex is first where he's just like i just want to see like what you're comfortable with i want to see if you can play before we like add you to the group this is more like an audition for the (laughs) orgy i know they call me the dark lord but think of me as your dark friends with benefits I'm pretty sure that I am definitely a witch because I'm pretty sure I fucked the devil a couple times if you look at my ex history. Oh, no. That's just a guy named Brandon. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That was just chlamydia. (laughs) I just imagine like a a witch receiving a scroll from a pigeon that just Mm -hmm. says like, Orgy Friday, you up? And you're like, (laughs) it's Tuesday morning. (laughs) 
the book also put forth the idea that because there was so much sex going on and that at its core, witches were a plot to end the church, or at least they were part of a plot to end the church, being puppets of Satan, women were obviously the most susceptible to becoming witches because women were more lustful and quick to doubt their faith. This, I mean, this is a dude that clearly has problems with women. Oh, this is a dude for that- sure can't get laid and is taking it out on everybody and it's just like women with their evil devil pussies like that is who this is <laughs> well it also sounds like he has a very specific problem with this specific woman too and he's using that as like an example like to a like, prototype yeah, yeah exactly to be like he he kind of distorts the facts "Quote unquote fake news, whatever." Uh, he he distorts what is real about what actually happened. Where he's not technically lying, he just it's lying by omission of forgetting the facts of like you didn't successfully convict, uh, you didn't get the town to agree that she was a witch. Like she, he says, "I accuse this person. This is the evidence I found." Next story. You know uh, what I mean? Oh, so he leaves it out completely yeah. that everyone was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. He also probably left the part where she spit in his fucking face. <laughs> no, because then he'd be infected. That's how ghosts work. Ah. Um, also, I was I like tried to do some digging and the stereotype that uh, women are more quick to doubt their faith. I think it just comes from the whole Eve eating the apple first. I, 100%. That's, that's yeah. all that I could find we, on that end. It was 2,000 years ago. It was one time. No one will let us forget it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I, I don't know. It's very stupid, especially that like. I guess that was a common stereotype and that's where it came from. But that was just like, are you fucking, come on, be more original with your hate. Women be questioning. I don't know why that was so funny. That was so good. So according to Heinrich, since women were most often witches, the focus should be switched mainly to them when you're trying to find out where the witches be at. So this is when that shift happens from like men to women. What year is this? This is uh, well, the book will eventually come out in in 1486 to 1487. But it was also published a couple times after that, too. Okay. Um, this is also, I mean, this is textbook. Women are all whores and bitches and sluts. And we're oh yeah. just nice guys trying to protect the Catholic church. And they won't even look at us. It's clearly because they're fucking the devil. I'm a exactly. Nice, I'm a nice guy, bitch. Why won't you look at my steeple? I'm a nice <laughs> dude. And you just want to fuck Chad's. By the way, Satan's name is now Chad. <laughs> In fairness, you must be pretty bad if someone would rather fuck a goat than you. Nah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to be pretty bad. Okay, <laughs> or a tin can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this happened in like 86, 87. So you're right. Right after this book was released, that's when you see the shift switch over to women. He even uses the feminine Latin noun for wicked in the title to further throw a dig at women. Malleus maleficarum instead of Malleus maleficorum alludes to women being villains. And also, this is the least appropriate and only appropriate time to make this joke, but it's maleficarum, not (laughs) maleficorum. Sorry. That means women be spelling and questioning and bringing down the church. His book 
failed to get any approval from the faculty of Cologne, where, by the way, he was stationed as an inquisitor. So he decided to just go ahead and fake it by forging a document saying that all of the top doctors in Cologne took his book to be a bona fide witch hunting manual. Man. And they wanted to give it the axe? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're in Cologne. Oh my God, I get it. <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, they should axe him. He's a piece of shit. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> he would wear too much axe body spray and calculus. That's what bitches like, but then they don't give me the time of day or publish my stupid book about how they're whores. I know they're witches because they're all up into Old Spice. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, if you rode shirtless horseback more, maybe. <laughs> So Heinrich utilized the recently invented Gutenberg printing press and printed and distributed his book as much as humanly possible, effectively becoming the first incel of the mass printed age. And countless people bought into his beliefs that witches were lustful women in league with Satan and that the only way to catch them was to round them up, torture them, and kill them. So they got red-pilled. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. He essentially he wrote uh, the then time equivalent of the Turner Diaries because it was equal parts propaganda and equal parts like a training manual with a thinly like or thinly veiled within plot. If right. that makes sense. Um, so think of what we've covered so far as a long wick on the bomb that is the persecution of witches. Well. In about 1562, that bomb exploded, which is a pretty brave analogy of me to type into a Google Doc after having recently done a Google search for Jews and magic. (laughs) (laughs) Jews, magic, explosives, don't worry about it. (laughs) Especially with how much I'm about to mention Germany. Oh, boy. (laughs) In Weissenstieg, or probably Weissensteig, Germany had its first mass witch trial. Then they decided to turn their story into a pamphlet called True and Horrifying Deeds of 63 Women. Parentheses. You won't believe number 15. (laughs) 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 Uh, Sorry. It's okay. But from there, the word was out. Witches were here and they were gunning for you. France and Switzerland had already started up their witching season, but from Germany, it was able to spread to more areas of Europe, including Scotland. In 1590, James VI, the King of Scotland, began to fear that witches were trying to kill him after he experienced a little bit of bad weather. That's all it took. It took some bad weather on a trip home, and he was like, they're out to fucking get me. I read it in this book. And when he heard that there was a trial currently happening in North Berwick, he decided to personally intervene and uh, basically become guest judge for the trial. What the fuck? The King of Scotland took over the trial and decided that Francis Stuart, 5th Earl of Bothwell, was a witch involved with the plan against his life. And after the Earl got the fuck out of Dodge, because he basically, they they were like, okay, you're convicted. Say goodbye to your family. And he was like, I'll say goodbye to everyone. Bye. He fucking, he just left. And King James slam dunked on him by marking him as a traitor and putting a bounty on his head. Oh, my God. And then he took it a step further by putting a price on the head of any witch, period. 
he effectively commissioned the first witch bounty hunting service. And he later became James I of England and wrote his own book, Demonology, which is believed to be the inspiration for Shakespeare's Macbeth. He's also the King James Bible. So he has a lot of say in a lot of that shit. However, England's peak witch hunt period was between 1644 and 1647, and it was led almost entirely by a dude named Matthew Hopkins. Matthew operated beyond the confines of the law, kind of within that uh, witch bounty hunter system that was set up, and completely without permission from most of the church, and also without most of the permission from Parliament. Instead, he created a fun little title for himself, by calling himself Witchfinder General. Oh, wow. Yeah. And during the English Civil War, the Witchfinder General and his band of evil fuckheads traveled around the country and charged towns a big ass hefty fee to rid them entirely of witches. So he would show up, and then he and his crew would basically plant the seed in your heads that there was a witch problem and you really needed help getting rid of it. And once you know, I'm Witchfinder General. He's a monorail, 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 but it's more of a Shelbyville idea. Exactly. He's the music man. Yeah, and you had no idea you had a problem until they got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His crew alone resulted in the conviction and execution of over 300 witches. Yikes. In about, uh, I think it was a three-year span, three to seven-year span. Oh, my God. That's a witch every three days. Yeah. Yeah. At best, it's like 100 witches a year. You know what I mean? But his biggest success came when he decided to monetize his secrets. The Witchfinder General penned his own manual titled The Discovery of Witches. And he had a Patreon where, like, <laughs> if you paid to a certain tier, he'd, like, kill a witch for you and send you pieces of that witch. He would do witch streams. It's like Twitch streams, <laughs> but it's back then. He's got bonus content where he's killing witchy animals where he's like, this duck looked at me weird. Pretty sure it's a witch. <laughs> I call it a witch stream instead of a Twitch stream. <laughs> Very good. And it would just be like he would t- he would say something. And then five million pigeons would fly out (laughs) and bring you a message. Um, I love this episode of Dog the Witch Hunter. (laughs) And uh, in this book, he described his methods of getting a witch to confess. Methods that included stripping the accused witch in search of a witch's mark, pricking the skin, and of course, everyone's favorite, Trial by River! Yay! Oh no! Yeah. How many wolves are in the river? Oh god. And while Mesopotamian methods were like traps from the movie Saw in the first dream movies, where like it's really fucked up but technically survivable, the Witchfinder Generals were like traps from the last several Saw movies where they were just unwinnable. And you, there was, because remember in Mesopotamia, you had a chance to escape and you could get out and they'd be like, fuck you, George, told you I wasn't a witch. <laughs> and now you die, George. Yeah. That's justice. But in this, in, in the Witchfinder Generals, you either died innocent or you confessed to being a witch and then died guilty. And even though a lot of the general population of Europe went a little witch crazy, most of the top minds within the church expressed constant skepticism throughout. 
At one point, the Roman Inquisition decided to inquisit upon the witch trials happening in their own neck of the woods, and they found that only one trial had been conducted even remotely legally. And that's when someone finally asked the right question. If being a witch is illegal, how can you legally prove that somebody is a witch? And the answer is you can't. You super can't because it doesn't exist. And even if somebody is practicing a different religion, it's not witchcraft. Unless it's now. Unless you're in now times. But you don't have to persecute any of these people. And as more people began realizing that you can't accuse somebody of something that you cannot prove, they decided to exercise more caution with cases regarding witchcraft, especially now that they realized that the eye of the Inquisition could be used on the Inquisition itself. Because before, that was never an option. Witch hunts and trials started to fade out of popularity while still remaining pretty active on the fringes of Europe, especially in Nordic countries. In Sweden, there was a trial in 1674 where 71 people were executed in one single day. What the fuck? That's a big orgy. But that, that is the Swedes for you. I mean, whether it's committing horrific mass murder or building a shitty futon, they think you can get it done in just one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy to burn all those witches. They have all those chairs. Yeah. <laughs> and once you put them in bear suits, I mean, it really does the work for you. <laughs> but to make matters worse, the fringe of European life didn't end on the coastline anymore. Not since a couple of... Uh, adventurous cultists had decided to cross the Atlantic and enter the new world. And now you have a bunch of folk living on the literal and figurative fringe of society when it comes to European living. And uh, now that, you know, now that we've done this podcast for a while, what do people on the fringes of society love more than controversial books using religion to poorly mask hateful beliefs? Yeah. Just religious extremism in general. Exactly. Today, they gravitate towards the Turner Diaries, but back then, they got their hands on books like Malleus Maleficarum and The Discovery of Witches. Now, because witch fever was starting to cool down, not everyone latched onto these ideas. But enough people did for the idea of evil witches out to get you to be planted in America. Oh, I was going to say, and remember that a lot of the people who came to what is now America left in the late 1500s, Mm -hmm. early 1600s, up to about 1620. So they're leaving during James I's reign, and he's witch crazy. And so they take that with them. And then any information from Europe takes years to get to them. So they maintain that crazy witchness. Oh, yeah. Because they don't realize that everybody's off that now. It's kind of like when you go to India. Well, I was going to say. And they're super into Ozzy Osbourne for some reason still. Uh, (laughs) Occasionally when I go do comedy in places that are not California, I'm always slightly amazed at the things that have stuck around. Oh, yeah. Like the last time I was, I want to say in the Midwest, I heard Hanson on the radio and I was like, this song is 25 years old. (laughs) Like, why is this still playing? Yeah. It was crazy. But it's that kind of thing where it's like, stuff doesn't get there as fast. You're, you know. And when stuff does get there, I mean, because what we've kind of covered is every couple of years, a new big ass, like, 
uh, what would it be, cultural changing book will come out that promotes the theory of witchcraft. Like fucking Malleus Maleficorum, first of all. Second of all, which which included a, a, a letter from the Pope that was like, hey, this shit is legit. I mean, it really wasn't, but yeah. I mean, you know, for the sake of the book. Secondly, James I of England, who wrote a book about demonology that basically took from Malleus Maleficorum and just added to it and was like, yeah, I had to set up Django Fett for witches and shit. <laughs> and then you have the discovery of witches, which is like, yeah, I've been the most successful bounty hunter of witches, and this is how you get them. Well, it's kind of like... I'm the witch hunter general, the big bad witch finder general. It's kind of like when you think about now, the only reason changes like this happen faster for us now is because we have faster modes of communication. Yeah. But at the time, you know, printed word was still fairly new to them, and now it's faster and available and you can get your hands on it. That's why it's spreading so fast. When mm -hmm. you think about it now, it's almost like, you know how every couple of days we get an article about how the world's dying in X amount of years? It's that. It's just, you know, we're getting it even faster. Well, I, I also think at this time something interesting that's happening is like the printing press is still pretty new. Mm -hmm. And people, the first book that was printed on the printing press was, the Bible. was the Bible. And so I think people have this idea that if something is important enough to be printed, that it has some value. Yeah. So no one's questioning ideas that they read. They're just like, oh my God, the Pope said this was good. They, he, it's real. But it's like things that are on the news where it's yeah. like, if it's on the news, it must be real and it must be true. And there's no reason to question it. And we know that that's not true. So exactly. Yeah. To your point, Andrea, uh, this book, I don't know which number it was, but it was, they started printing it on the Gutenberg press. Like, two years after its invention so it is still i don't know exact again i don't know which place it is on the list it's one of the first books that got mass printing and it 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 started being printed in or translated into other languages almost immediately um a lot of people know about the malleus maleficarum because uh of how actually how much it was translated and this is something that I found out is that a lot of people, when they started researching witch trials uh, before we had, you know, as you said, like modes of checking shit out. And uh, and they saw that right off the bat it has a letter for the Pope. So in early research days, they were just like, oh, this is how they conducted witch trials, which is how in media, especially early media, early modern times media, why witch trials seemed worse than they were back in the day. It's because they all thought every witch trial happened like Malleus Maleficarum specified that it needed to happen. So in late March of 1647, John and Bethia Kelly were grieving over the death of their eight-year-old daughter, Lil Elizabeth, which most instances I've found of this story include the title Lil in her name, in her actual name, which leads me to believe that it was part of her name and she was meant to drop it when she was older, like Lil Bow Wow when he became Bow Wow, or Young Jeezy <laughs> when he went, I'm just Jeezy now. <laughs> or like Romeo, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Lil Liz, or young Liz, if you will, uh, had just passed away a few days ago inside of her home in Hartford, Connecticut. Young Liz, -y. sorry. 
and while searching for some sort of reason to their daughter's death, the Kellys decided that this obviously had to be the work of Satan and his puppets. The Kellys testified that just days before their daughter's death, she had been under the watch of a local woman named Alice Young, sometimes spelled A-L-S-E, but more often than not pronounced Alice. They claimed that their daughter had told them that Alice would pinch her, choke her, kneel on her belly, and even threaten to break her bowels. Which sounds like a mispronounced old mobster threat. Hey, I'm just breaking your balls here. <laughs> yeah. And the town was ready for a witch hunt. Things had not been going well in Connecticut. Just a few years earlier, Hartford and some other nearby colonies had been hit with a terrible influenza outbreak. So a witch hiding among them and rooting for their downfall made perfect sense to them. The town erected gallows in Hartford's Meeting House Square, now the site of Connecticut's old state house, and Alice Young was tried, convicted, and executed for the crime of being a witch. She was the first person in American history to be murdered under false accusations, but she most definitely wouldn't be the last. And that is where we'll pick up next week with part three of our series on witchcraft and witches. Damn. Yes. How about some chairs, though? <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to buy some flying chairs, go to cultpodcastshow.com slash store, I think. Um, Paige we- has been salving them up. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, I'm sorry if they smell like fish. It was unintentional. It's the Tudors. It's not your fault. I'm going to make you guys watch an episode. Oh, my God. I, uh, yeah, this one was a lot of fun. I do like that because of the way that we're covering this because it happens over such a long period of time last episode started at the dawn of history of recorded history this one started off at about 1428 and we're ending it at about 1647 so really what you're getting is a little bit of vignettes of people's lives and their involvement in witchcraft um i don't think i need to tell anyone that next week is going to be a little bit of a bummer. One of America's most regrettable incidents in the history of America on a long list of regrettable Yeah, incidents. I was going to say, and we've got a lot of regrets. I was going to yeah. say, we've done some real bad things. And this is right at the same time that we're just killing the shit out of Native Americans. Exactly. So the fact that it still also stands out in history means it's going to be bad. It's going to be very dark. But this episode, I think, was a lot of fun. I had I a lot had of fun. good times. Was, yeah. I'm yeah. still laughing at the idea of witches flying in chairs. <laughs> if anyone wants so to, funny. if anyone wants to draw that out, please do. I want. This is what I want: is I want a uh, like an office retail employee trying to sell a witch a chair. I just realized that they called they called the Inquisition an office, and Heinrich Kramer was definitely in that office. And he was totally a Dwight from the office. <laughs> like everything about him. He's Dwight Schrute, but just back in the day where he's just like, false. Witches are women because of their vaginas. Who put my quill in this jello? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Black Bears beats Black Rams. <laughs> so this episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by Salvi's Chairs. Slipperiest chairs in the game. <laughs> Salvi's Chairs. We'll get you where you need to go. And then some. Wink. <laughs> Wink. Uh, no, this episode, like every episode, is brought to you by our Patreon donors. Yes, we have a Patreon for just $5 a month. You get access to sweet bonus content like the Speculation Zone, and you get a shout-out on our main feed show. So, today, this week's episode is brought to you by... Cheyenne C., drinker of tea, smoker of weed. Oh. Sounds like... I mean, us, kind that, of. Yeah. That's pretty much been my day today. <laughs> I opened up with a steamed chai, finished it off with a beautiful three puff of some sativa. It's been a great day. Yeah. Our sativa is cool, too. I'll show it to you. Uh, we bought weed that is, uh, it looks like it comes inside of makeup containers. What? Yeah, it's super cool. It's, it's very much marketed towards women. I'm oh, not even sure. a beauty. I'm industry. not even a weed person, but now I'm curious. The packaging is fucking dope. Nice. This episode is brought to you by Erad is rad. Nice. That's my sister Erin. So thank you, and I'll see you in a couple days. Hell for Thanksgiving. yeah, Erin. <laughs> Shouts Say out to Erin. Shouts out to Erin, and also thank you for our theme song. So this one comes to us from a uh, Patreon donor that prefers to stay anonymous. And they say, uh, don't want a personal show shout out, but my dumb juggalette of a girlfriend, Cody, has a birthday coming up on November 28th. (laughs) And I was wondering if could y'all give her a fresh ass whoop whoop for me. I'm trying to be supportive during her insane clown posse face. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, I'm one, two, three. Whoop, whoop. There you go, Cody. That one's for you. Happy birthday. Family. Whoop, whoop, ninja. <laughs> yes. Uh, our Patreon, again, is on patreon.com slash cult podcast. You can go there for just $5 a month. You get access to all that bonus content, including our Speculation Zone episode, on the Juggalos. Yay! That was such a fun one. It was so fun. It's a great time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and we've got some dope-ass shit coming up. Um, but we also have a bunch of other tiers where you get some super dope-ass shit. So you should go over there and check it out. Uh, also, join our Facebook group. The Facebook group is an awesome community where all these people come together and talk about our dumb show for like 20% of the time. And then way cooler, awesome shit in their own lives 80% of the time. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, you can I go like to you can go to cultpodcastshow.com and then all the way at the bottom there is a button for the Facebook group. Nice. Um I'm going to say for this one fuck it. I'm done with cult podcast. I'm going to start writing books about coffee. Um <laughs> I'm thinking about starting uh flicking the bean. How to <laughs> How to really stimulate the coffee industry. <laughs> I was going to say how to drink oh coffee and watch God. the tutors. <laughs> That was off the top of the head. I w- <laughs> didn't even write it. Um, if you want to send me more coffees, if you want to send me Starbucks menu fan fiction, 
And I'm talking. Oh my god. I'm talking sexual, baby. <laughs> Very. It's gonna be steamy, baby. If you want to send me a short story uh, that could fit the title "Flicking the Bean" and it's Starbucks menu. Oh my god. Uh, bonus points if you get it to me before December and include the Happy Holidays cup. <laughs> um, you can send that to me on Instagram or Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M-A-N-D-O Does Stuff. Also, you can go to MondoDoesStuff.com for show dates. Tomorrow, I am headlining Good Bar in San Diego. And then Friday, I will be at Bay Bridge, Bay Bridge Brewing in Chula Vista. And on Saturday, I will be at Twigs in san diego california come out to those i've also got some dope ass dates in december january is looking great check it out mondodustuff.com love you and Bye. to clarify that holiday cup is the christmas zodiac cup yes yes exactly <laughs> i have oh i threw it away i had one earlier i had one because they have this new toasted white chocolate frappuccino that i'm obsessed with and is going to eventually kill me because of all the sugar that's in oh, it. oh so. it's so good Hey guys, if you want to send me uh, your slipperiest chair so I can fly, <laughs> uh, or, oh if you wanna, or if you want to send me uh, please photos of witches on chairs, just anything, uh, Hermione's favorite chair, whatever, go ahead and send them to me on all the things at Sundress Comic. Uh, or check out my art at Andrea Gazetta. I will also say that for thanks, wait, for Black Friday, which is this Friday, until Maker Monday, which is next Monday. Or Cyber Monday. Is it Cyber Monday? It is yeah. Cyber Monday, but okay. I like Maker Monday better. I do. I yeah. like that a lot I like more. Maker Monday because, hey, buy things from people that make things instead of Amazon. Please. It's, it's cool. the best for Christmas because then you get something that nobody else has. It Cyber is, Monday yeah. sounds like eventually it'll rise up and I'll be killed by a Monday. Yeah. Right. Whereas like Maker Monday is like, look, you make your own way. It's great. Yeah. I uh, like that. Yeah. So from Cyber... Cy wait. So from Black Friday to Maker Monday, uh, everything in my shop at andreagazetta.com will be 20% off with mm -hmm. the offer code HOTPINK. So go pick up some prints or stickers or zines or some art that you're like, I kind of want this, but I don't want to pay all that money for it. You can do it now. It's a good time. Yeah. It's a great way to support Andrea and her art. Just so everyone knows, it is hot pink one word all caps uh no spaces no uh underline thingies i forget what they're called no dashes it's just the words h-o-t-p-i-n-k and that includes uh friday black friday the 29th yep. through maker monday the second uh except for sadistic saturday where you have to pay 200 percent more for your <laughs> items that's not real that's, this is I gotta, confusing yeah. but it would be a fun bit yeah. but if you mail me a ram's head you get everything for free so <laughs> uh I, I would say if you want to send me just hot pictures of henry cavill if you <laughs> if you know henry cavill and can like i don't need to meet him i don't think i could handle it but if you could just send me photos with him, like, you know, when well, I follow him on Instagram, <laughs> fuck it. My life is perfect. Uh, you can follow it at Paige Wesley on Instagram or at Rampage Wesley on Twitter. You'll you'll hear when the pictures of uh, Henry Cavill reach Paige because you'll get a notice of how Los Angeles was swept away in trial by river. <laughs> <laughs> Flash flooding tonight in Los Angeles. It's unclear what has caused these mudslides, but... A lot of chairs are in flight. <laughs> a lot of chairs are in flight, and people are dying. 
if you like our show and, uh, you know, if you like our show, if we make your chair wet, then uh, consider... <laughs> Consider giving us a follow on Instagram at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. Or slide into our email. Uh, oh, God. Salve into our email uh, by sending one off to Colt Podcast Show at gmail.com. Or if you make chairs and you want to send us a chair, you can send it to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like the Shining. Los Angeles, California, 90065. Yes, you can also go to uh, cultpodcastshow.com for a bunch of information about our show. Uh, check out some other episodes you might not have heard. And to look at our store where you can buy stuff like pins, stickers, chair salve. I feel like we got to make a lotion called no, chair salve. No, I still, I'd like to revive my idea for gummy penises from the Bundy clan. <laughs> and we call them. I don't, oh god i don't remember what was and it? we call them slobbering citizens that's what it was <laughs> shit that's one of the most brilliant ideas i've ever had i can't believe i forgot that oh we call god. them slobbering citizens um i i'm gonna say don't drink the salve Ooh. without consent if you're into that and you're two consenting adults do whatever you're gonna do but like talking to you henry cavill <laughs> if you're into that i've got a chair uh, um so uh, god damn it someday somebody's gonna find this and i'm gonna be very embarrassed um uh, and don't drink the kool-aid bye, bye. all right fuck y'all i'm out <laughs> thank jesus for the dome that was my favorite chair <laughs> oh sorry i ruined your chair Thank you.